0: live from radio row in arizona it's co-fielding company brought to you by subaru of las vegas on the 215 and rainbow
1: it's a historic moment um, and to be a part of it with two historic football teams it, so many people laid the foundation before us and uh to be playing with a guy like jalen who i know is doing it the right way um it's gonna be a special moment that i hope lives on forever
0: it's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas.
2: Yes. We are back in Phoenix. Cofield and Company, Radio Row, Super Bowl 57. Energetic enough for you, Willie? I hear everyone else coming in. They're all, like, super fired up. I'm like, all right, got to get fired up. Crazy, crazy day here today. So what's going on, Willie? Oh, man. I
1: I, you know what's weird I'm not with you but I feel like I'm with you I feel like I'm down there in the mix of things for the number of people that I've spoken with staying in contact with you first thing in the morning just doing I mean just it's just nonstop. so I, I mean I'm kind of glad I'm not down there because I'd be I'd be worried about my meals I'd be worried about getting in the gym I'd be I'd be running everywhere you'd be the only thing I'd be getting done is cardio because I know you'd be like run over there and get that
2: person to the interview. I wouldn't have you do it. Um, we, we, we actually have a really good crew here. Damon's helping out. Jared just got here, so they're helping out. We got Carolina as uh, well. She's helping out. We got two shows set up. Rainer Nation Radio is right behind me with uh, Q and Damon, and they've got Kirk Morrison on right now, so if you want to flip over, 920's got awesome programming today. Later in the show uh, for Cofield and Company, we got Doug Gottlieb and uh, Dana White. Dana White sat down with us, so that was a really cool conversation, and we got uh, some other good interviews. On the way, yeah, it's pretty frenzied here, and uh, it, like I said yesterday, it's a different look because we have big sets from sports books in the house, which I never thought would happen. Willie, you're an old school Vegas guy. The fact that the NFL has embraced and partnered with sports gambling is really amazing. Well, I mean, it's it's I mean,
1: <laughs> they the NFL has embraced sports sports betting as much as sports betting has been wanting to embrace the NFL, and it I oh, mean yeah. it's 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 wildly. It's wildly hypocritical, but I'll take it. You know what I mean? Because they finally come around to realize that the, the, what they were battling for so long is so regulated that everything that they were, were worried about was something that they never had a reason to be worried about.
2: Willie Cofield just starting off here on this Tuesday. So we'll uh, get back to some of the news of yesterday. I know Willie wants to give his take on LeBron and Kyrie not hooking up. That was pretty disappointing. But, you know, I got the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> Set up right behind us, Willie. Yeah. And they had their usual long conversation with Aaron Rodgers, so we'll get to some of the stuff that that Rodgers said in just a couple minutes. And then we've got an odds board change in faraway places for Aaron Rodgers and his landing spot. But, you know, since we're talking about the NFL, I want to go back to what happened a couple of days ago because I was on my way down here to Phoenix while you were at the Pro Bowl. And, you know, last week I melted down multiple times, as I have done the last three years. About the Pro Bowl, and I saw a lot of sour pusses and negativity, and oh, this new format's gonna suck, and why are they doing this? And, and lo and behold, you know, there was a good crowd out there. People I talked to went, had a really good time. The viewership numbers were pretty solid. Destroyed everything else on TV. I think a final tally by ESPN was like 6.8 million people watched at the peak. Yeah, you know that was, that was the total tally. So, and it looked like the format changes were entertaining. And guess what, folks? They can make more changes. And the the old game, you know, was worn out. When I went to the game, I sat there as a fan in the crowd, and, you know, no one's going to tackle each other. And I think the first year after, you know, they decided to make changes, I thought it was pretty good. Right.
1: And here's the thing. Leading up to this year, all years in the past when it was just a game, right? And then you and I growing up, it was like watching it at the Aloha Bowl in Hawaii, and, and you know, and it was a typical game and, and whatnot. But... As the other sp- leagues sort of progressed with what they do, now that hockey's in Vegas, you see the All-Star, you know, we see it firsthand here, the All-Star Skills Competition, the WNBA with what they do. I have heard moans and groans for years like, hey, why can't the NFL just do something like this, specialty acts or skills competition beyond just the game or do some?" Well, they made an attempt and they did it. So, of course, the first year you're going to hear more hate than you're going to hear love. And the bottom line is they made an attempt. And the only thing I will say that I didn't necessarily agree with or like, I kind of get it because you want to keep your audience drawn in, is that that they implemented those skills competition between each flag football game. So you had the first flag football game, and then you had skills competition, you had the second... uh, flag football game, you had more skills competition, you had the third flag football game, and I get it, they probably wanted to save the third flag football game because that was the one that Derek Carr started, his last hurrah at Allegiant Stadium, but when it comes to the those skills competition, hey, they made an attempt, and like you said, they still have time to tweak it, right? They can fix things to better it. I think they should shorten the time between the flag football games. But on the, whole, on the whole, they're trying, and people tuned in, and that's what, that's what matters most. Were some of it hokey? Yeah. But that's what it's all about. These guys are coming out to have fun, right? Like dodgeball, uh, pushing objects. I mean, I, 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 I didn't pay attention to a lot of it. I was working on some other stuff. But what I will say is that I like the fact that they're trying to change things dramatically and have fun with it.
2: It's for the fans. And if you're a fan who doesn't go to events, and I think that's a large segment of people who whine about sports, they don't go to events, that's fine. It's not for you. For those of us in the media who have no connection with fans because they don't talk to any of them, it's not for you. And I witnessed something last night, Willie. Yeah. I hadn't been to one of these yet because I've, last couple years, I'm usually working, you know, UNLV on the road and I can't make it down for much of the week. So I'm here at the Super Bowl. I go over to the opening night, Mm. and they do it at the Suns Arena, and I thought it was freaking really cool. And there were 10,000-plus fans in that arena screaming their heads off, getting any picture they could, even from long distance. It's another event that for the media, much of it, and again, I'm not – I like most of the people we work with, but we do get in these traps where – We don't think like a fan. Um, It was really, really cool, and you could just feel the energy because a lot of those people who were in the arena last night for opening night with both teams, they're not going to get to go to Glendale and get in the stadium. They can't afford it. This is one of their chances to be around their heroes. It's
1: it's somewhat – I mean, obviously, you can't compare to the Super Bowl to – an all-star game. But I will since we were talking about the Pro Bowl, I remember when the All-Star Game came here and was at the Thomas & Mack Center, the NBA All-Star Game. And I wasn't an active member on Deadline Media at that time. I had sort of put things aside. I was doing a lot of online stuff. I took my son, he was little then, to the Fan Fest at Mandalay Bay and the, the it was packed. And they loved it. And you, you go back to where you said it's for the fans. Yes, there are tons of fans that are adults. Yes, but who looks up to these guys? They have to. be. What's been one of the biggest hits during broadcasts past couple of seasons? Nick Jr.
2: with the graphics and the splat and this and that. There's kids. By, up. by, by, the, by the way, on the line of big sets. Yeah. Uh, Nickel, where's Nickelodeon's? Actually, over my right shoulder. <laughs> there, there. They got a setup here. There you go. How cool is that? Right. That is awesome. Super Bowl, Radio Row, Cofield and Company on the road. Willie is with us. Willie Ramirez is the company today. It's all brought to you by Subaru
0: of Las Vegas and our good friends at Spearmint Rhino. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona, brought to you by Spearmint Rhino. Hanging at Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company.
2: All right, rolling on Radio Row here on this Tuesday. We got a full crew down here. Jared is here to do a mic oh. check. What's up, Jared? Hey, I was not prepared
1: for this. How That's are all right, you, sir? You can do
2: live radio. You do it in the morning. You're good at this. I
1: am not, but thank you.
2: <laughs> Where are we with Andrew Whitworth?
1: We are... Look at the pressure. Genuinely, we are. We have sent two teams on expeditions in order to go get Andrew Whitworth, and both teams have been sent, yeah, yeah, maybe now, maybe later in the
0: week he might come back by.
2: Jared is in year two, right, of running at the Super Bowl, yeah. and he got on the ground this morning at, like, 9 o'clock and, like, walked right into the frenzy, and it's pretty crazy here. You know, you got to be aggressive. So we've got three people handling, running around all morning long, so enjoy it. It's fun, isn't it?
0: Yeah. No, this is my... <laughs>
2: Having guests stolen from you right in front of your face?
0: Yeah, that was that was delightful.
2: <laughs> don't no don't, punching. Yeah, no, no all punching. Right, no punching. Got to keep it all together. Right. There he is. Thank you for having me on. We'll we'll hop Jared on later in the week. Was that mean? Yeah, oh. he, he asked me. You no, know, he asked me a little earlier. He's like, "Hey, who are some of the big names who are hanging out? Who you want?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, we got a lot of good people, but here, yeah, here's the name. Go, try it." I th- you didn't say Willie Ramirez.
1: Well, we already had you hanging out down there. You mean I got you? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking around. I'm so I'm talking about the guests who were hanging out because we've got all oh, these, uh, these sports see. books uh, have big money. I, you know, it's funny. I walked around and there was a lot of people I couldn't even recognize. I'm like, I know that's someone, but I, I don't know. Are they gambling expert? Apparently, they are now. There's a lot of new gambling yeah, experts. Everybody's guys, a g- gambling expert. Well, it's really interesting, Willie. The odds for uh, players, the landing spots, right? Landing spot odds. We've been talking about Derek Carr for three weeks, talking about A-Rodge a lot recently. For some reason this morning, Rodgers went to minus 500 to the Raiders. Mm. And the uh, Packers, I don't want to misstate this because I think it was plus 350. It could be plus 650. But uh, interesting, interesting. I'm going to get to what Guy said recently from the Raiders. But we're going to have uh, Thomas Dimitrov on in a little while. But Eric Eager's here right now. And... Eric, of course, formerly of PFF, as he's going to be putting on the headset there, sitting down with us. First of all, how you doing, buddy?
3: Uh, I'm doing well, Steve. How you doing? I'm
2: good. I'm good. Uh, Willie Ramirez is back in studio. I think you can – hopefully you can see him there on our uh, kind of makeshift communication program. So – and your head's going to be chopped off, so don't be thrown off by that. You're too tall. Um, <laughs> what's it been like today as you guys walk around? Because you're with a new company now.
3: Right. Yeah, we're doing a little bit more in terms of, uh, you know, sal- sales and things like that, um, you know, t- trying to make sure that the company, you know, we can, we can put, you know, give, give the company sort of its first, uh, you know, uh, positive, positive views here on, 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 shows. So, so here's what we got working here. I'm going to bring you on in a couple of minutes. We have double setups and we, we didn't
2: set it up with three mics because we don't have the capability. Okay. So I'm going to take a break with Eric in like, like four or five minutes. No, no, we want you on. No, we want you on. Uh, I already teased you. Now you're locked in. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov is going to be with us, uh, GM, uh, you know, former GM in the National Football League and, you know, long football history. Um, so the new venture is really cool. Are, I, I don't want to ask you this, like are you are you glad for a new challenge?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you you sort of – you know, pro football focus was such a big part of my life for so long. I lived and breathed it. I defended it on social media. I, You know, I, all the grades, even if I didn't agree with them, like, you know, they give Mahomes a 77 in week one, and I'd be like, oh, gosh, okay, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, exactly. And so there's obviously a relief there. You, you look back, you know, on it fondly, but there's a lot of things with a company that's established like that that you can't change. Uh, what I really like about Sumer Sports is there's a great deal – uh for this company that that you know I have influence over uh, we can sort of build this thing in in our own image and Thomas's image and he'll be on soon here which is which is great uh, so yeah I love this new challenge I love you know being able to tackle problems that when we were at when I was at the other company like we you know it was just not something that we were all that interested in. We were interested in maintaining what we already had and and that kind of thing. So I'm really, building from scratch is just such a cool and enticing uh, opportunity. I mean you
2: realize you guys are part of history because as the sport and fans got more familiar with analytics you were a media outlet out front to kind of pass that message out because Otherwise, like, pro teams aren't going to tell us about their analytics. You guys kind of let us into personnel and GM rooms.
3: Yeah, and I, and I think, like, you know, whether it was Steve or Sam or myself at George, you know, when we did the PFF forecast, I did think that we did a great job of priming the pump um, for for analytics in, in football. And, you know, I think that we we got we, we got a decent way there, right? And I we made some really good progress on some seminal problems in football. We even solved a few. And, you know, what I'm really excited about now, you know, think about, Player evaluation, coaching evaluation, all that. Being able to be a part of a company that's building a, you know, an optimization algorithm. I'm sure Thomas will talk about in a little bit. But like being able to put it all together at once into one unified sort of theory, uh, to me, is really exciting.
1: So, Eric, when you go, Steve was just saying a little bit ago at the start of the show, looking around and seeing representation from sports books, right? That are now in radio row and I mean, how have you seen? Just Radio Row and the media presence of so many different angles. It's not just Sports Talk Radio on Radio Row, get some guests. I mean, of, with, with your entity and other entities, I mean, everything is covered, it seems like, beyond football imagination.
3: Yeah, I, I joked about this because um, when I was at PFF, I worked with Solomon Wilcots, and then I walked by the SiriusXM uh, you know station, and he was he was reading an ad for FanDuel, and I'm like, oh God, how far have we strayed from God's light, you know? It used to just be it used to just be you guys as uh, you know um, you know <laughs> your territory in Vegas that got to talk about that stuff and VCN and ESPN Las Vegas and stuff and. Now, like everybody gets to talk about it. I mean, sports betting is legal in Arizona. It was legal. Like I've been to, I was in Louisiana the other day. It's legal there. It's like, oh my goodness, it's all around the country. And you know, everybody wants to, you know, test their predictions. And no longer do you have to like just hang out, you know, play fantasy football or be at the bar with your friends to, you know, try to test your predictions. You can legitimately bet on them. And you know, obviously there are there are tons of downfalls to that. I hope I think that the next wave is going to be obviously teaching people how to gamble responsibly and all that stuff but I I do think like it does you know there was a there was an interesting like you know the Kansas City Chiefs fans were like oh no one believed in us I'm like buddy like they were the favorite to win the AFC West (laughs) they were the favorite to make the playoffs they were the second favorite to make the Super Bowl like what are we talking about I think gambling does a really good job of steadying our expectations better you need it you need an S framework and people who don't follow gambling are cheating themselves and they're cheating the audience, especially
2: people on TV. But I mean, if you know, if you hear one more time that a team pulled an upset, and, like it really wasn't an upset. It yeah. was,
3: you know, they might have been favored or you know they had a better seed or something. But yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah, exactly. I think like what was it, Michigan, Georgia in 2021 college football? Michigan was a two seed and Georgia was the three seed, Georgia's favored by seven and a half. So everybody's like, oh, that's an upset. It's like, no, it's not. Like the betting market, you know, people with real money, with real opinions, all aggregated to say that Georgia was better, and they ended up being better.
2: So real quick, Willie, I just wanted to set you up for a second here. Willie and I argue argue all the time because I've come to the side of Von Tobel and Hill, and I'm a big PFF guy, and the the thing that really got me this year was – Using the 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 college rankings, I yep. thought that was that was awesome, and you're with Humor Sports now. But on the whole analytics thing, it's like, man, I, I don't watch the linemen. They're like they're grading the linemen. So Willie and I have battled the last couple of weeks because Willie's got a Commodore sixty four, and he's got a Jimbo's football leaflet that he goes through, and he's old school. And I'm afraid like there's there are old school guys here. Like I, like I don't want you tackled. You're a big guy, but like there's this constant battle. Right, Willie? Yeah. You're always irked. Right. You're always irked about analytics. What's the problem? Well,
1: we- no, I'm not irked by analytics, Eric. So I'll let you finish. But I, let me just interject that I'm not irked by analytics. He's dead wrong. I'm an analytic guy. I have my own spreadsheet program, for God's sake. Get,
3: of- I mean, are buying, what, what? What? What's the input here? But I, I what I want to, but I, I do think it's interesting, right? Because what we do, what we're trying to do at Sumer, and if you go uh, for, for my, you know, my friends in, in Vegas at Sumer Sports on Twitter. We are trying to, to create a new thing where you know we're, we're trying to only tweet out facts we're only trying to tweet out you know data that has a has a, a justification to it because i think one of the big problems that not only pff but football outsiders and folks that were in the space before us as well you know there you everybody no one wants to everybody wants to see a number as long as it justifies what they already believe no one wants to see a number if it goes against what they believe unless there's a reasoning to it that we can all talk about right and, and i feel like you know, great content is spawned by saying, look, like I, you know, I think that uh, Joe Burrow is the third best quarterback in the NFL, but here are my assumptions. Then we can argue over the assumptions and not my ranking of Joe Burrow, right? Let's make the discussion about what the inputs are and not the outputs. And what we want to do at Sumer Sports, of course, and not to throw shade at anybody else, but what we want to do is provide that context. And and instead of being kind of a hot takey, hey, hey you know this fan base hates the Jets that Jets fans hate PFF this year let's just say hey let's like let's put this you know sort of you know thing in 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 solid footing so that we can all make better decisions about who to bet on who to like all that kind of stuff. Sumer Sports again tell people where they can find it. Yeah at Sumer Sports on on Twitter um, and SumerSports.com we will start producing uh, content on that website soon and Thomas who will, will join later he and I uh, co host the Sumer Sports Show, which is on uh, all pod- podcast platforms and YouTube. S
2: U M E R Sumer, Sumer right. Sports. I also want to give a
3: pop to our good buddy in Kansas City because you do. You're still doing it, right? You didn't dump yeah. them. Well, that, I know we got it tonight. Uh, Soren Petro, Jeff Jadia and I red, gold, and bold the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, now Chidia and Petro did not think the Chiefs would be here. I did, which is why why you're, you're here. And they're not. W- w- What's going which on? We, you look at the streamyard names. My streamyard name last week was it was Soren, Jeff, and then mine was right about the Chiefs.
2: One last question for you. How much are college football programs getting involved in analytics? Because if I ran a college football program and I was a coach and the portal is as big as it is, I would want analytics people or a company out there to go, you know what, I'm going to need some players down the road. I want a list of – I mean, the guy who should be doing it is Dion. Yeah. And I want a list of players – and you know, the highest-ranked guys, so I can target them.
3: Yeah, it's not as much as you think. I did make a bunch of uh, apps for Transport Portal for clients when I was at PFF, but it's not as many uh as you'd think and and you know i think for 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 places like alabama it's like why should you but for places like south alabama you should absolutely invest in analytics it's just a it's an arms race and that that's one place where i think if you put a few hundred thousand dollars into it it would return tenfold well
2: i'll give you a perfect example barry odom's at uh unlv now and they're trying to mine the the transfer portal maybe not as much as marcus arroyo but they're looking at fcs so how about the jump from fcs to fbs because this whole thing's changing kids aren't getting scholarships anymore and they're landing at FCS or small FBS, and then they, they want to move up. And it's like, hey, how do we analyze those guys against that competition?
3: Well, it's so much different, too. When I was a kid, you know, you go to Nebraska, my alma mater. You sit for four years. You play your fifth year. You finally get on TV. You finally get drafted. Now if you're, if you're that kind of lineman, you just go to South Florida, you're on TV your first year, right? And so, like, and then those guys can view it as a feeder sort of program. Like, you know, so you really do. I mean, it's all about strategy, too. Do you want to be uh, – a not a group of five team that, you know, brings guys in for one or two years and let you know churns and burns them, or do you want to develop them like in college basketball, like Butler or something? Very good questions and I think all of them can be answered more efficiently with analytics. Great as always. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're gonna talk to the former GM of the Falcons,
2: Thomas Dimitrov, in just a little bit. At the end of the hour, Carrot Top is gonna be in. Follow
0: the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. Now, back to Cofield & Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. So, you knew with this show,
2: with Radio Row, we're going to talk to some old-timers, some old football people, but we also embrace analytics a lot. And Thomas Dimitrov is part of an amazing project. We just talked to Eric Eager. Uh, they started up Sumer Sports, and we, you know, we're big fans of, of PFF as well. And You know you worked in the game, and I'm sure you were down with analytics probably as early as anyone running organizations. It, it is the classic uh, push and pull in football with the analytics stuff.
4: It's classic push and pull. But, but I think if you can convince people to understand that there's an the evolution of the league, there is a, a criminally unused amount of data out there that we have as teams as a former general manager that we didn't use and if we used it more even elements of it and we augmented our ability to build teams with the utilization of that data i think we could make so many better you know more informed decisions it's a big thing
2: i don't know how traditional football people and even fans could look at say like the draft and go nope all good like there are so (laughs) many misses in the draft if you have something that can help you To be a little, not guaranteed, anything that helps.
4: Not guaranteed, and that's what I continue to tell all these guys. I mean, this many years ago, I was on the the GMAC, so the advisor committee. I sat down with all these older guys at that time, good guys, right, good football guys, but they said to me literally, I want nothing to do with analytics. I'm only going to be here three or four more years. This will not hit then. It was just kind of an interesting, things have changed, of course, already. Well,
2: you know, so much of football and coaching is analyzed by results. And we saw a great example. We love this sound. We saw a great a great example a couple of weeks ago where the Chargers lose. You know, Staley's an analytics guy supposedly, right? I think he actually backed off it a little bit. And then Rex Ryan is talking about he's disrespecting the game. I'm like, what? what is going on here? What do you mean disrespecting the game? Because, and on this show, we don't say going forward on fourth down is aggressive. It's actually not going forward is, is actually the risky move.
4: That's such a great point. Hearing, you know, when people talk about that and the old schoolers, you know, look, we're, we're afraid of what we don't know, right, unfortunately. And especially in our league, there are some great coaches with a lot of great understanding. And I always think about guys like that who, who make comments like that. I'm like, oh, man, if you would only utilize this information, it would have made you that much better. And you might have survived that much longer. Look, I'm a big believer in saying... This, this, what we're doing with Sumer Sports, has the opportunity to take an average GM to be good, good to be very good, and p- potentially the very good to be in a Hall of Famer. I'm not being cheesy about that or too salesy about it. That's what I believe. There's information there that you can make some really sound decisions. And, brother, not only not, not just on the players. In free agents draft, one of the things that we're really interested in, and I am because I've been there with two head coaches, dealing, uh, uh, drilling down on coaching not just a head coach, coordinators and assistants. Eventually, wildly intelligent people like Eric Eager are going to help me put a model together at Sumer that's going to touch on the coaching element. How many times I pulled my hair out with our assistant coaching hires, if you could even bridge a gap on that, that's unbelievable.
2: It's Sumer Sports. Thomas Dimitrov, former GM of the Falcons, sitting down with Cofield and Company. It's brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and Spearman Rhino. Thank you to Spearman Rhino. So when you talk about using analytics for not the head coach and the coordinators, the other coaches, are you talking about in practice? Is that in-game stuff?
4: It could be in-game. It could be practice. It could be It could be when you – look, when a head coach sits down and he puts his staff together, usually he sits down with the owner and myself as a GM and, a, and an owner, and, and they have it in their contract where it's up to them who they hire, and we're fine with that. Right. But when these coaches come in, they often want to have their loyal myrmidons, so to speak, their loyalists beside them. And they, they run with it because the owner's like, well, he's picking his own staff. If we can draw analytics there and show our head coaches, and I love Dan Quinn, but that happens, right? I want to say, Dan, you might like this linebacker coach. Here are three other linebacker coaches that show out in the analytics, advanced analytics. How does that, I, don't,
2: I don't even get how that works. Well,
4: what work? we what we would have to do is we would we would create a, uh, a coaching metric, which we already have. Right, we'd create a coaching metric, and we would decide on the areas that are not objective, that are more subjective. We'd have to drill down on. And per- personally, you could say, okay, that linebacker coach, how is he developing his linebackers over the years? You could look at the draft, you could see how they've been playing, what their contracts are. It's it's got to be creative, but you could it's much better than just off the top of your head pulling a guy, right? Yeah, just old school relationships. Yes. Willie. Speaking of Thomas
1: Dimitrov, CEO of Sumer Sports. So I wrote a story during the regular season regarding grades versus coaches' grades. Um, in terms of, you know, you're, you, when you when you grade a player, when it's a statistical company or, or website, it's based on the final outcome of a play when that player's on the field, whatever it may be. When I spoke with Josh McDaniels, it was like, we take it a step further in consideration of well, maybe that player didn't make the play because, well, he wasn't supposed to be in that position, and he because the coaches called something, he was out of position because of us, because of the play we called. Given your stature and that you come from a, a, an NFL background, you GM, how much do you imply that with what you're doing? So there's an understanding, if you're adding a grade to a player, high or low, you're also being able to take in consideration, well... You know, there's give and take because maybe he was out of position, but because of a decision the coach made.
4: Oh, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, we're as much as we love to get into the the basics of play by play evaluation. What we're looking for from these teams that are going to supply us with their IP is to give us a final grade on that player. So it would be we wouldn't be as drilled down on those actual plays. Eventually, Sumer Sports can get to a spot, of course, where we can deal with the coaching element, right? This has much more to do with roster optimization. One of the reasons that we're selling ourselves so hard is we are the. there's not a, an organization out there that would put 30 data scientists and engineers together the money that put that paul tudor jones and our company is putting into this is solely focused on roster and optimization at this point so i get you 100 percent it's so true there are so many nuances to grading and it, what we'd love to do quite honestly is get our own proprietary grading system that we provide through a lot of our analytics that we would go through exactly what you're talking about there is tracking data out there that is again criminally unused that i think we should be tapping into it's i i I don't mean to ramble about that but it's fascinating and it's a great point that 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 josh brought up sumer sports
2: sumersports.com at sumersports on twitter i got like 90 seconds left i'm gonna give you a loaded one here but you got to answer quickly ready yep the super bowl has two quarterbacks who i'll say people missed on right they weren't number one picks why did a lot of the league miss on jalen hurts and especially mahomes
4: Look, I think we we have this idea when we're coming in and, and grading quarterbacks, the prototypical 6'4", you know, 6'5", we, we start that way, right? And then we start working our, our, our realization down and our expectations down, and then you start being open-minded enough. I think it really comes down to a GM and a head coach sitting down, talking about the type of scheme you're going to run, and see if it fits in. I, I've, I've talked time and time again with people who are looking at smaller quarterbacks now, and they're thinking, or more agile quarterbacks, and they're like, okay, it's so cyclical in our league, and they realize that if they put the right scheme together and the right people around them that they can thrive with some of these guys. I think it's happening in both both places. Well, we
2: appreciate the time. Willie, you can see Thomas uh, on our video system here, right? Yep. So the guy's got the headphones on. Look at the hair. <laughs> I know you can compliments on the hair. You're older than me. I mean, I, I've got the bald spot on the back. I can't <laughs> puff it up. There's no body. If I'm
1: not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Thomas, look to your left. Looks Le- here. Yeah, see, he's got the nice fade. He's got a nice little fade going. He's got the he. He went to the barber before he went there. Steve,
2: I think you're saying, "Look at me." I, it's I, I, I well, it's, it's know, look, I've, I've I did been... a little bit, but the, I can't get the volume on the top anymore.
4: It, you know, it's funny. I take heat on this only back and forth, and I said, "You know, i go with it." I, people say, "What's well, great. I'm like, "Better gray than nay." That's my that's my approach. Today. You know what? I'm more <laughs> impressed
1: by that knot on that tie.
4: <laughs> oh thanks i appreciate yeah. it you know i left it open i told told the guy eric who, who i was with you guys know i said eric i'm wearing a tie but it's an open it's it's just a it's it's just an a, a what do you call it accessory just let it go <laughs> so
2: thomas we know you got to run we appreciate it so much thanks nice guys you. nice great to meet you conversation yeah anytime well, hopefully we get to talk to you down the road that'd be great thank, there thank he is. you thomas dimitrov ran the falcons and big analytics guys got a great company as a uh, believe it or not believe it or not thank you um there are a lot of there are a lot more football organizations, college and pro, Willie. Yeah. That use outside companies to analyze things. Then now they don't want it out there, but it's a lot more scientific than people believe, and especially and I hate to keep cracking on the guy, but I really feel like Rex Ryan is trapped in that studio in Bristol. And it's just he I mean he should be talking to football people who would probably tell him like, Rex, this is where it's going, man.
1: You know what, Steve?
2: It's where it's going.
1: I hate to say it, I'm not going to bring him up, but it reminds me of a very close friend of you and I, an OG here in Las Vegas, uh, the guy who put me on the air the very first time I ever did radio in this town. And we, my guy just could never adapt to the internet and computers. And yep. uh, I remember when he would bring me on and he would show up with... Under two arms, the old computer paper with holes on both sides, of the, uh-huh. the perforated, and and he loved the, the just the old school way of getting information and newspaper articles and magazines. Nope, I'm not going online. It's the same philosophy. Realistically, in 2023, if you're not attached to a specific site or somewhere that you go, you know there's and and everybody has their own site that they go to. And here's what I say. I mean, you guys are on the PFF. JVT turned me on to cleaning glass with NBA. There's a lot of different ones. But the fact is, if you stick to the same one at all times and not bounce around, that's where it's con- there's consistency. You, you want If you're going to stay with one, stay with one. If you're using it for betting purposes, if you're doing it for your writing, whatever it may be, because I feel like it should always be in line with what those numbers are coming up with. It's almost like weighing yourself. I'm not going to weigh myself on 17 different scales. I'm going to use the exact same scale so I know where it's fluctuating. It's the same thing. I'm going to use the same sites with the same analytics. You're going to use the same sites with the for the
2: same grades. Don't be afraid of the future. And don't fear technology just because it's uncomfortable. You know, this goes for all of us in really every job. You can adjust. You can embrace the future. You were, you know, you were good. That's how you got into what our business, business you're in. You can adjust and that's what's happening with football and you know there're some people who are coming along kicking and, and screaming as they're being dragged in this whole thing.
1: I've been adjusting. There's there's definitely. How about,
2: Willie, how about you and your fitness routine? You do what you used to do from a lifting standpoint? You'd no. be crazy to do what you did 15 years ago.
1: Right. Well, I'd be crazy to do what I was doing uh, last year before my knee surgery. I was, and I was just talking go. to one of the XFL guys that was around the studio, and, and, and I was explaining it to him. I was like, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I was – squatting over three hundred pounds. Now I just can't wait to get back to one thirty five on a regular basis and eventually to two and a quarter. But you have to stay consistent in order to avoid injury in that aspect. It's the same it's the same mindset. You have to stay consistent with what you're doing, you know uh, if it's writing, I'm always going to use, like I said before, I'm going to use those same analytics, those same stats. And I think that that goes for coaches that are using analytics in their game. The, you don't want to bounce around, oh, well, well. well so and so said, well, this site says, well, that's a, no, stick to with what you're using, your grades, your stats, whoever it is you're subscribing to.
2: So we've had all these interviews early in the show, thanks to Eric Eager from Sumer Sports and also Thomas Dimitrov, former, general manager of the falcons and you know one of the big headlines of the day is the odds board on where Aaron Rodgers will land. Oh boy. is minus 500. I think he just told McAfee like 3 hours ago that he's going on some sort of uh like dark cleanse and he's going to be out of touch with everyone for 4 days. So when he comes out of whatever hovel he's in, I wonder what he's going to say and I wonder how he's going to react to what some of the raiders said, Willie. About Rodgers?
1: Yeah, I mean, after the Pro Bowl, that was the the three most popular guys in the in the press room were, uh, or in the in the locker room, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and Max Crosby. Throngs of media, and not just the local folks, um, although it was a majority, you know, just to to ask the question. And you know, we asked Devontae uh, about his tweets and his his cryptic messages that he's sending out there about uh, Aaron Rodgers and. You know, the, the the common denominator is this. It's an easy answer. Do you want Aaron Rodgers to come here? They all, like, it's the duh question. Like, yes, of course we would want to play with him. It's Aaron Rodgers. You know, Josh Jacobs, same thing. Um, they're going to be on board, especially Devontae, because he knows the relationship that he has with him. Um, outside of that, there, there are easy, you know, for me, there's, I, I kind of stand pat on my, that I don't I don't think that it's going to work um, if it worked you know if, if those two were together with a better roster better team um, I don't know how it's now all of a sudden it's going to work here and it's going to cost the Raiders a pretty penny but the fact of the matter is the three big Raider stars that were uh, in the in the in the Pro Bowl outside of Derek Carr obviously because he skedaddled before we could get in there uh, they all they're all in favor of Aaron Rodgers coming to Las Vegas.
2: What do you think of how Devontae approached it when someone said, well, why would he come to Vegas? And he's like, I'm here.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's, (laughs) I
2: think, here's the thing. I mean, Let's back off for a second, too. I mean, he is right if you're an elite quarterback. And, you know, listen, I don't know if the Raiders can win yet because I don't know with Rodgers what they're going to do with the rest of the roster. But. The Raiders are not in a bad position for getting the next quarterback because the last thing a quarterback wants to do when he's going to a new organization is not have talent around him, and Devontae Adams is a freaking great start.
1: Yeah, as is Josh Jacobs, as is Darren Waller, as is maybe Hunter Renfro. Um, still got to fix that offensive line. Still got to fix that defense. So, yes, there there is the answer to – it's very easy to say Aaron Rodgers comes in, he's got Devontae Adams, they're back together again, great. But – They've still got to stop people on the other side of the ball and they still got to protect Aaron Rodgers
2: but you're you're a little bit open to it I mean it, it's kind of it's tough for you because I know you keep saying the, the same thing about building the team but we're never we're not gonna know what the plan is until the plan is, <laughs> is executed on defense
1: well because I think that the majority of the money this offseason money needs to go on the defense and if so if so if you take a chunk of that and give it to Aaron Rodgers eh. <clears throat> You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I'm all in favor of giving Jared Stidham a chance. The guy's been with McDaniels for how many years, and we only saw him twice against two teams that could have been meeting in the playoffs if Brock Purdy didn't get injured.
2: We have the Super Bowl next year. Vegas is on the ground here. They're making the rounds. The spokesperson for Vegas. And next year's Super Bowl is one Carrot top. He's on Cofield & Company next.
0: Cofield & Company live on Radio Row is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow now back to cofield and company live from radio row in arizona radio row
5: man everyone from vegas is here i noticed that like, i yeah, don't I see just, you in
0: vegas uh, dana, i see
5: you yeah, here dana white i know right that's funny <laughs> see <you in> vegas. <laughs> we got to come to a show again yeah, we have I mean, a lot of friends yeah, who uh, want to come yeah. to the show i'm going tonight yeah. okay i'm gonna fly back and do a show tonight yeah. uh, you are oh yeah did you never stop working no so that's Caratop. My manager has a car payment. I just keep working. There you I'm go. Working. That's Caratop. He's down
2: here in Phoenix. Uh, your official capacity is what? With the Super Bowl and Vegas next year. What, what's, you, what's the I title? Know.
5: You know, I don't know yet. I'm hoping I'm involved in some capacity because yeah. it's going to be in Vegas. So, yeah. But this week, This are doing I'm well. Just, yeah, I just came here to say hi and maybe promote next year. Yeah. Not maybe. Vegas. Let's promote it. It's Yeah. It's coming to Vegas. And what a better town for, a, you know, the biggest party town in the world, hosting the biggest party ever. So it should be a really good, it should be an easy match. How win. crazy do you think it's going mean, uh... to be? I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be probably nuts because Vegas normally on a Tuesday's nuts. So with the whole Super Bowl coming in there, beautiful brand new stadium. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Plenty of rooms. We got like 160,000 yeah, rooms. Thousands of rooms. There's thousands of shows, restaurants. I mean, it's going to be, it's great. It's going to be a really good thing for Vegas.
2: So what's going on with you and your show cuz you keep reinventing yourself. I yeah. was at Luxor last week and I'm like, man, I forgot how good this freaking show is. I need to get back out uh, there. Right but on.
5: Yeah, we're always trying to keep the show fresh and new, new things, new jokes, new, you know, shooting the balloon down joke, you know, having the the classified documents that, you know, whatever is new in the, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: You yeah, added yeah it? sure,
5: yeah. Whatever's new.
2: You're not afraid to go down that path like, uh, well, half you know, like, the crowd what, can but, start yeah, groaning.
5: You know yeah, they do, they do a little bit. But you know what? It's funny, because that's the number one question I've been asked since I've been doing this today, is how has it changed with comedy with, with all this, yeah. you, know, the, you know, the new thinking and the new, uh, and uh, I don't see it that much different. I just do my, show. I mean, and also you've seen my show. It's not, it's not really that, right. I don't go down that path, but even something like that with the classified document, they do kind of ooh a little bit, Well, but that it's was kind a, of equal opportunity, isn't it? The, on both yeah, sides, right. So. It is, and that's what I do. I do a Trump one. I go, mm, uh-huh. and then I do the thing, and then I've got Joe Biden's. <laughs> Joe Biden's dog is a, a dinosaur on a, on a rope. So nice. Uh, so it's Joe Biden's dog. I'm not saying he's old. We've seen his dog, and then the dog has magnets on the bottom. It picks up a document off the stage. Oh my God! There's another one. So yeah. It's uh, as you know, that's silly. And they all, I think, no one's yet not laughed at that one. So it's.
2: Top's with us here in Phoenix. By the way, you worked hard on that Trump impression.
5: That was just, just a quick face folks, in the hands. Folks. Yeah, that's it. Just, that's all you got to do. That's, what, that's the thing in my show. That's all I do. I go, mm. That's all I can do. This is another, another nerding out question
2: about your show. I don't remember at the very beginning you having like a ton of music. Yeah. When did you like am I right on that? At the very oh, yeah. beginning, right? Like now it goes a thousand miles an hour and
5: there's just music blaring. Oh yeah, yeah. You I mean in the show. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, your yeah show, the show. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of music, yeah. And for fast the first joke out is, is that they've lost egg, and then the first joke out is well, I would walk five hundred miles. There's there's so much music in the show. And that, when I when I first started doing comedy, I always wanted to be naturally every comic wants to be a rock star. So um you know, I tried to make the show as much as close as I can to an actual rock concert. So there's music, there's strobe lights, there's fog machines, there's, you know, these new f- cannon things that shoot up that looks like fire. I mean, so it's always, it's always had that rock element to it. And I think people love the music. I mean, they just get some, you know, they get that music and they all sing along to it. And then the end of the show is of course a, a whole music medley of, of all from Aerosmith to the Stones to Michael Jackson. So everyone knows the songs. It's kind of fun.
2: That's awesome, folks. There's a reason why you know, you're know you the guy who's been on the strip forever. You know, yeah, Shows go yeah. away. Yours does not yeah. go away. And Cairtop is so humble. I'm telling you. Um, you've had some really big stars show up at your show recently. We have. We have. Who's the biggest one where you're like,
0: Ooh, uh, wow. That's well, uh, I'm,
2: yeah. I'm not that I'm intimidated or afraid, but like, Whoa, well, this is impressive. Yeah.
5: Queen, the band queen. Okay. That's pretty amazing. Did you sting out there? We had sting. I mean, sting that's pretty cool. Sting came, came, back. Sting. Or are you going to tell me like, Oh, I'm buddies, with, I'm buddies with sting. No big deal. Well, well he, I mean, he hung out backstage and had shots with us. That is was that cool. right? Yeah. It was very, very nice. Wow. We share um, so I we share one thing in Golden common with you. No, it we, was actually in your in your uh, yeah, okay. in your dressing room. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, yeah, there were some drinks we up had there. We Shania Twain. We've had you know we've had a lot of so we have a lot of football players who've come the, right. to the show too. So. Um, We get athletes. We've had Dog the Bounty Hunter. We have, you know, How was Dog? What was that like? Is he different off? uh, off, No, he's crazy. He's He's crazy. crazy. He's crazy. He's not
2: big, right? He's actually because he looks like this hulking figure on TV. I
5: mean, he's pretty bulky, pretty bulky, big guy. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's he's tough. All right,
2: yeah. I mean, you're pretty bulky. I mean, you're slim bulky. I'm slim bulky. Your football team, if I remember correctly from our connect, my significant other, who I call the yes. SO on the air, yes. I don't reveal her name, just in case, in case <laughs> yeah. I say
5: something bad. Um, you're a Dolphins fan, right? Yes. Good yeah, She told me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So? Big Dolphin fan. Well, the Dolphins did better this year. I mean, we got up there, but they still, they still finished crap, you know what I mean? Still, well, Tua got hurt. Well, uh, no, exactly. And that's, that's unfortunate, because I kind of had a feeling going into the, that there was going to it wasn't going to be good. But because uh, he was once he was down, you know, it's almost like with, with Frisco, you know, down, they down with a fourth string quarterback, and they, of course the third string kid was amazing, the one that they. Drew, but then, 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 what? When he yeah, got hurt, then insane. they had a guy that couldn't do anything. So you hate when you get that thin and your team. So, so
2: last one with Carrot Top.
5: What do you think? Of what's happened to Vegas the last
2: like five, eight years in terms of sports? I never imagined all of no, this happening. We were we were taboo. Like, yeah, hey, we can't go to Vegas. Gold, pro sports, yeah,
5: getting the Golden Knights and then getting the, the the Raiders. I mean, it's it's incredible. And now there's talk of basketball and baseball. Good so, baseball, yeah. Man. So we'll see. Cool deal. I appreciate right. you joining us. Yeah, man. Thank you. And I will you. say
2: hi to the yeah, S O. So as please, she, please uh, <laughs> she she better do good work. Yeah. Because you know, I'm now I'm on the line here. Right. Now my refs on the line. Thanks. Yep. i